Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 7, The Prophets, the PH Prophets. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. You can easily find Episode 1 of Season 1 at 15minutesontheway.com. Don't spell out the number. Otherwise, brace yourself for a conversation with God's voice telling His side of your story. Further to our deconstruction last week of Ahab's reign and downfall, he didn't help his cause by choosing Jezebel as his wife. Uh, that was back in 1 Kings 16.31. Now, we've already been through this whole dynamic with Solomon and his politically driven marriage alliances with foreign powers. But none of Solomon's princesses, though they did eventually lead their husband astray from me, not one of them held a candle to the daughter of King Ethbaal of Sidon. For crying out loud, her dad's even named after the enemy. Now, you may not be in the process of choosing a mate right now, but some of you are. You certainly are making nearly daily decisions about whom you spend time with, and so this lesson applies to you as well. Those people with whom you spend a great deal of time have significant influence over you, for good or ill, whether you realize it or not. They may be intentional in their influence, they may not, but their influence is unavoidable. You need to be intentional about the people you invite onto an influential relational level in your life. In terms of negative influence, Jezebel is the finest or worst example in the owner's manual. She is decidedly not on the way and, in fact, is in active opposition to it. She is a catastrophically poor choice as wife for the king of Israel, and Ahab's conduct throughout his reign shows the fruit of Jezebel's influence. In like manner, if you are striving to live your life on the way with us, Placing yourself in close alliance with someone who is in active opposition to the way will very likely have similar results. I am calling you with the same call we placed on our children in earlier times, to serve as light to those around you. However, and this could be the topic of an entirely different podcast, your ability to act as a positive influence on those around you depends first and foremost on your personal walk with me. Remaining with me on the way will be far more likely if the strongest relational influences in your life, in addition to our influence, of course, are positive in their view of us and your walk with us. Most helpful, of course, would be the support of others who desire to be on the way as well. However, take note that if you surround yourself solely with those who already know me and insulate yourself from those who do not, then you are not going to be fulfilling my call to serve as light. I told you this could be a whole other podcast. Our point right now is that you should learn well from Ahab the dangers of placing in close proximity in your life someone who has the air of Jezebel about them. 
be they woman or man. I also hope you noticed my giving Ahab a remarkable chance to reconsider the viewpoint into which he'd excavated himself, and I hope you notice parallels in your life from time to time as well. Obviously, I pulled out all the stops with Elijah's showdown on Mount Carmel. Ahab couldn't have had a clearer lesson in Baal's observable non-existence or in my clear being. Look for my reaching out to you at some point. I already have, for many of you, with a similar incident wherein the idol in which you have placed your trust is a no-show like Baal. It probably won't be as fancy or fireworky as that long day on Mount Carmel, but your idol's absence will be made just as clear by my coming in at what seems the last moment to do for you what your non-existent idol could not. Feel free to pause for a little soul-searching for the times your career, wealth, beauty, accomplishments, or anything else you've been worshipping with your life has been a no-show when you've needed a real God's presence in the silence. Then see if you can spy the wall of pride you've been hiding behind in those moments. Which brings me to mention the other big chance I provide to Ahab. His pride won't let him learn anything on Mount Carmel. That's the main problem in all of this, you know, whether in him or you. Pride. Self-centered pride that thinks it's got everything under control will dismiss even the glaring platter of rebuke I serve Ahab there on Carmel. And so, like I do with you, I give him another chance to recognize me and repent. Another chance, in an entirely different style, to increase the likelihood of getting through. Did you notice this point? Probably not. Ahab didn't either. Check First Kings twenty thirteen and following and see what I do for Ahab there, the part where I give him double victory over Ben-Hadad, the part where I tell Ahab why I am doing it there in verse 28. I will deliver this vast army into your hands, and you will know that I am Yahweh. Remember, my name alone is a declaration of my eternal existence. Well, Ahab is so ensconced in himself and doing things his way that the battle isn't even over and he's playing politics with Ben-Hadad instead of recognizing the fact that I am the one who has given Israel victory, not Ahab. Politics certainly haven't. Ahab has the chance to see my hand of blessing in victory, the chance to turn to me in that freshly revealed perspective and see with new eyes the truth not only of my existence, but of my genuine deep care for him and my people. Instead, he plows on with business as usual. I'm about to do the same thing in your life, friend. Keep an eye out for it, for me for blessing and or victory, for something truly good I am going to place in your hands. It's the chance to recognize me as the source for that good you are holding and having. It's not just the fruit of your efforts and schemes. It's my gift to you. 
Open your eyes and see the deep and abiding care I have for you. See that some of the hardship, though you're right, not all of it, some of the hardship in your life is a consequence of your own doing. And most of it that's not your own doing is a consequence of someone else's doing. I am here, though, to get you through and to finally get you out of all the brokenness you're dug into. Open your eyes and see my hand and my heart in my many gifts of goodness, and step back on the way. If you're going to do that and stay on it, you're going to have to live a life of constant reality check, friend. Yes, there may be a time or two when I use fireworks of some kind to grab your attention. But once you're on the way, you'll need to do a heck of a lot more self-policing than before. In that regard, learn another lesson from Ahab in 1 Kings 22 or 2 Chronicles 18. Sure, you can surround yourself with sycophants that tell you everything you want to hear all the time. But a real friend will tell you the truth, even if it stings. Your yes-friends may be colorful and convincing. They might even just be doing it because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Usually, though, it's more about them wanting you to like them. But an honest friend is worth their weight in sycophants. Ultimately, the takeaway from Ahab's life and demise is the same one we've been working on from literally the very beginning. Don't fool yourself into thinking that doing things your way in opposition to mine is going to work out. Ahab's insistence on proceeding in disguise in battle in spite of my word against it is a sober lesson. As a refresher, that was in 1 Kings 22:29. Note that there is no language here about my sending Ben-Hadad the Aramean king in to do my bidding and punish Ahab. This is all the result, all the consequence of the machinations of man. It made perfect sense to Ahab that when I told him to not engage in battle, He could still do it if he didn't do it the way I had him do it before. Ahab thought he could avoid consequences if he could come up with a creative solution based on a technicality but still totally obey me because that's what he wanted to do. In the same way, something that may make perfect sense to you is not the way to go if I have told you otherwise. We can't unpack it all for you, but just remember... I have more information than you do. In the end, you need to trust that the calls I make for and on you are based on two very big things, all that I know and all my love for you. Both are infinite, so trust me already. Well, we fortunately have a far better example to look to on Judah's throne, Jehoshaphat. He's still not doing much jumping, but in spite of his lapse in discernment and trusting Ahab's fatally poor judgment, Jehoshaphat returns safely to Jerusalem. Again, the northerly focused book of Kings gives him a summary paragraph, 1 Kings 22.41. While Chronicles has two full chapters detailing the remainder of his reign, 
2 Chronicles 19 and 20. If you look at the account in Chronicles, you'll see that we've got a scolding waiting for Judah's king when he gets home. One of our double-use prophets, Jehu, whom you may remember we sent north on his first mission a while ago to confront Baasha for his duplicity, back in 1 Kings 15.33, Jehu runs out to meet the king of Judah with what amounts to, What were you thinking, teaming up with that ingrate up there? Yahweh is pretty angry with you for helping Ahab like that. Lucky for you, he knows your heart is still in the right place and seeking him. You'd better keep it that way. Spurred by this corrective yet encouraging word, Jehoshaphat, having just witnessed on grand scale the results of poor leadership in the north, goes systematically through his kingdom to check on things. He points anyone who isn't already doing so back to a focus solely on me. He appoints judges in every region and charges them with the heavy responsibility of judging on my behalf, not the people's or even the king's. If you're on the bench in your habitat, memorize Second Chronicles 19, 6-11. Really. We hereby officially assign it to you as homework. Put a plaque up in your office with these words on it so it's the last thing you see on your way out into the courtroom. Don't misspell my name. The real plum in Jehoshaphat's reign, and what I'd really like you to remember about him, is how his trust in me enables us to bring him a virtually effortless, on his part, victory over a massive army comprised of soldiers from three different nations. Note that this is in the wake and in spite of his hobnobbing with Ahab the corrupt. But he stepped right back on the way after that slip, and we are with him. Quick lesson for you in that, right? One lapse in judgment doesn't have to define you. For those of you who won't rewind that that need to, one lapse in judgment doesn't have to define you. Turn back to me when you wake up the next day and let me and my love for you define you as we all continue the journey together on the way. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to support what we do, give us a review on iTunes or Facebook, then share this podcast with your friends. There's a link to the very first episode right under today's podcast on our website, 15minutesontheway.com. We hope today's podcast has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way. And until next time, be good to yourself.